Hello and welcome to another episode of Chilling with Charlie. Today I have with me Nick who's going to talk about his time working in professional basketball, professional baseball and some of the cool stuff he is up to now. Thank you for joining me today, Nick. Running a podcast costs money. Chilling with Charlie is proudly sponsored by Betfair Australia. Betfair operates a betting exchange and is licensed in the Northern Territory of Australia. They are not a bookmaker and you can see how they champion data modeling by checking out bit.ly forward slash betfaircharlie, gamble responsibly. Thank you for joining me today, Nick, on Chilling with Charlie. So to kick things off with, why don't you just tell us about your background, what got you into analytics and what got you into sports analysis? Sure, yeah. So I read Moneyball in middle school. And like a lot of other people, decided that this was exactly the kind of work I wanted to do. So read a ton of fan graphs, baseball prospectus, etc. back in high school. When I went to Georgetown, Georgetown was in a unique position where there were a ton of resources on campus in terms of a great D1 athletic department several professors with experience in sports business, either in the business school or in the sports management master's program there. But there was no undergraduate club. So it was simply a matter of bringing all those resources together in terms of forming a group for like-minded individuals to do several things. So for example, we published a blog with articles analyzing various sports. That actually turned out to be pretty successful for getting teams to notice when we publish good stuff and receiving really good feedback about how to improve those analyses. We had meetings and hosted speakers from around the industry to allow students to learn more about the industry. So basically, when I got to Georgetown and started, but founded the club really, that was when this like dream of mine kind of became more more tangible and more of a reality. Another big step in that process was I attended the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference my freshman year and talked with a bunch of people working for pro teams. They all basically said very similar things in terms of you should get as much of a stats background and as much of a programming background as possible. So I actually started in the business school at Georgetown, but switched to a math major because Georgetown didn't offer a stats major and computer science and business minors and continued to follow work in the public domain in sports analytics, whether that be websites or blogs, following Twitter. In particular, I think basketball analytics Twitter during that time period was a really, really helpful resource. And continuing to reach out to people around the industry, asking questions about what were their paths there, what was their background, what are they looking for, for hiring people in the future, and how could I align my own skill set in terms of what they're looking for to eventually pursue this as a career. That's very interesting. So when you are reaching out to people, how'd you go about doing that? Good question. In terms of reaching out, what was really helpful to me, I think, was number one, showing some value in the beginning. So 
the fact that I started the Georgetown Club showed some initiative and some passion rather than simply some random kid who emails saying, oh, I love sports too. Like, what do you do? So I think that was really helpful. And also the fact that I really was just asking to learn from their experience and receive feedback on uh, potential analyses that I did for blog articles or class projects that I passed along rather than explicitly asking for a job or an internship right away. Cool. So I guess you did end up with some internships. So why don't you just run us through your time at the Hornets and at the Rays? Yeah, so I was very fortunate to receive a remote internship with the then Charlotte Bobcats after my freshman year of college. That was not quite as technical as one might imagine, given the fact that I was only a freshman at that point in time. But it certainly confirmed to me that this was the type of work I really, really enjoy and I definitely want to pursue as a career. After that summer, I was in Charlotte the summer after my sophomore year of college, working again on basketball analytics. And then it's a bit cyclical in terms of after you have one internship, it's that much easier to get the next and the next and the next after that. So from then on, I was very well positioned in terms of having a solid background, at least on paper, to get internships after that. And I ended up choosing the Tampa Bay Rays because they were one of the smartest teams, I thought, and also had a very built out analytics team already. And at that point, my technical skills were lacking, I think, pretty significantly. So the fact that there was a very large built out group to help me learn about a lot of different things that a fully built out team does and how they accomplish that in terms of what models and methodologies they use, I think was super, super helpful. And the Dodgers opportunity after graduation ended up being a phenomenal opportunity. Really, really enjoyed my time there. Again, would not probably have deserved that opportunity had it not been for all the skills that I picked up at the Rays. Cool. So are you able to tell us a little bit about the kind of projects that you were working on as an intern? Sure. So at at a high level, obviously don't want to give away any confidential info. I worked a bunch on analyzing pitches with the Rays and specifically how do pitches change in terms of game to game? How does a pitcher's effectiveness change from game to game? from season to season at all levels, so not just at the majors. Cool. So what skills were you using and what skills would you have liked to have had more developed at the time? Yeah, so definitely definitely SQL for querying data from databases. And in terms of the internships and jobs that I've had, the companies that I've worked for have been very flexible in terms of If one is more comfortable in R, that's perfectly fine. If one is more comfortable in Python, that's also perfectly fine. I just happen to have more of an R background. So I work primarily in R. 
Cool. So you're doing all these internships. You're still part of the Georgetown Sports Analysis Group. How has that sort of helped you in running that group? And what sort of, I guess, tips would you pass on to maybe other people at university who are trying to kick up their own sports clubs? Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on what the goal of the club is. So I think a potential club could look very different if the goal is to get as many people involved as possible at a surface level and bring in speakers that are recognizable by the majority of the student body or someone. On the other hand, that club would look very different if the goal was to learn about really in-depth sports analytics techniques and publish research and receive feedback on that research. So it really depends on, I think, what the goal is of a particular club. But either way, I think that you can't go wrong with soliciting feedback from people around the industry and particularly people around the industry who have founded or served as the lead for similar sports clubs at not just your own school, but other schools as well. Okay, cool. Tell us about your time at the Dodgers or as much as you can tell us about your time at the Dodgers. Yeah, so really, really enjoyed working for the Dodgers. There's a really, really great analytics team there. Again, like at a high level, I primarily focus on defensive positioning with the Dodgers, which was really, really interesting. It was awesome to see basically my work on the field, very, very visible for each game. So that was amazing. But the group at the Dodgers uh, was very, very collaborative. So even though I focused mainly on defensive positioning, I, I still contributed and learned from all our other analysts working on the usual things from the draft, valuing players, projecting players, valuing contracts, etc. What are some things that surprised you working full-time for a sporting club that you didn't think would be the case being an outsider, thinking about what it would be like on the inside? I would say initially, starting with my internships, to me, who was super, super into sports analytics since Moneyball and kind of thought that, oh, of course, all of this makes sense. Of course, every team must be paying attention to all of this public work. And of course, they are building models for, for every single use case. That has become more true over time. But it has certainly taken time for teams to get there. And it certainly varies from sport to sport. So, for example, in general, MLB teams are ahead of NBA teams when it comes to data-driven decision-making and fully built out R&D teams or analytics teams or whatever you want to call it. And NBA teams are probably significantly ahead of NFL teams. And I believe hockey is pretty similar to NFL. Cool. Why do you think that is? So why do you think baseball is so far ahead of NBA, which is ahead of NFL and the NHL? So I think it's partly due to the nature of the sport. Baseball is inherently easier to model in many respects because there are a lot of repeated one-on-one -on -one interactions. 
versus basketball and football is tends to be more free flowing with more complicated interactions among teammates and among opponents. Another reason is I think just availability and quality of data. MLB has a very robust history of publishing stats, whether traditional or otherwise, for many, many years going back. And that probably inspired the first wave of baseball analysts. I think that NBA teams got significantly more interested in analytics when the initial player tracking data was brought to the NBA via SportView. Now, similar data is provided by Second Spectrum, and the NBA purchases it from Second Spectrum and distributes it to all 30 teams. So the availability of the data is also, I think, a significant reason for investing in analytics. And we're seeing that a little bit with the NFL as well in recent years. Player tracking data has recently been brought to the NFL, and at least a few teams are investing much more heavily and analytics in part to deal with the enormous new amount of data they have and drive competitive advantage from that. Yeah, that's very cool. So I guess being involved in or reading a lot of different blogs across different sports and having worked in a few different sports yourselves, what are some differences between them in terms of communication, information, tools, even kinds of models that are preferred? amongst sports that you've had experience in? I think for the most part, there are a lot of very similar principles. So for example, for every sport, you're most likely going to be projecting players. For every sport, you're most likely going to be valuing, given this player is this good and is on this contract, how much more is he worth than his contract? I think in every sport, you're going to want to draft the right players. So there are a lot of very similar principles to apply across sports. And there are also similar techniques to apply across sports as well. So for example, you're going to need to generate aging curves across all sports, no matter what it is. So in that respect, I think that reading up on research in one sport is not just going to help you become a better analyst in that particular sport, but could also make you become a better analyst for analyzing other sports as well. What's something that you think maybe from baseball could be applied to basketball, but hasn't been yet or vice versa that you've seen? That's a good question. I would say in the public domain, there is not as much focus in basketball on what is the value of a player on his contract. Um, There certainly have been many people who have done that research, but it's certainly not as popularized as it has been with baseball. And I think some of that is due to the fact that there are some very extreme values that one might get, positive and negative, when you look at a lot of very high-profile NBA players. And instinctively, a lot of people would say, oh, that valuation just can't possibly be right. 
Right. So do you think there's like a difference amongst, I guess, analytical fan bases for, I guess, a want for things or an understanding of things? It's possible. I'm probably not the right person to ask about that since I've been so obsessed with all this stuff for a very long time. So to me, when I'm watching as a fan, I just want more and more information, whether it's tendencies or projections or win probabilities or how certain schemes do against certain other schemes. I'm certainly of the mindset that the more content I can consume to learn more about each game and and how to optimize each game, the better. But I understand there are other fans who don't necessarily share that mindset. So tell us about, you know, Big League Advance. So what's your current role? How'd you get involved with them in the first place? And yeah, just tell us what you can without giving away the trade secrets, I guess. Sure. So I'm currently the director of baseball analytics at Big League Advance. I thought that it was a great opportunity to take a risk at this point in my life to get in on the ground floor of basically the first company of its kind in terms of investing in minor league baseball players. And we've also explored some other areas around sports, getting into sports betting across multiple sports. And that has been super interesting. Definitely was not looking to leave the Dodgers. But like I said, it was a great opportunity to take a risk to get on the ground floor with another great analytics team here at Big League Advance and continue to do really, really interesting sports analytics work. What about you personally as your roles sort of change? So I guess at Big League Advance, you're more of a like mentor, I guess, teacher, being a director, as opposed to when you were you know, working for clubs, you might have had someone above you to go to. Have you found that journey quite interesting? That's been a really, really enjoyable part of it for me. It's really enjoyable for me to mentor, for example, some of the summer interns we had this summer who are super, super talented. And I think I was under a phenomenal boss with the Dodgers, Doug Fearing. And I think Doug really brought out the best in me. So I know how much value there can be to a good boss bringing out the best an analyst. So I certainly, certainly try to be similarly beneficial in my own style. For example, with some of the other analysts working on baseball or some of the other sports we're modeling. What have you learned about yourself along that journey? And I guess, would you have done anything different being an intern, seeing the other perspective? I'm not sure I would have done anything different because I was was very lucky to get the opportunities I got at such an early time in my career. I think in general, I would have been a bit less overconfident in terms of my early opinions on certain players or draft prospects, because while analytical models are certainly, I think, a very necessary tool and should be a central part of most decision-making processes, there will always be data or information that the model is not taking into account, that human evaluators will be better able to 
factor into their evaluation or their decision-making process. So I think coming across a little less strongly in terms of why aren't we doing exactly what the model says can certainly only be a good thing. Cool. So what about current day sports? So what do you think is the most interesting problem in any sport going on at the moment? So at the moment, because it's kind of a burgeoning field and the data has, has just been released to the public, I think working on NFL tracking data is really, really interesting. So the NFL has hosted a couple of what they call big data bowls, where anyone from the outside can receive the data and analyze it. The first competition was a more open-ended project on a few topics. The second competition was more of a straight prediction type of contest. But I think the fact that more granular data is being slowly released to the public, it's certainly a very good time to be an aspiring sports analyst, to get your hands dirty, build up your skill set, and show people what you can do. What tips would you give to people who want to get involved in professional sports? I would say definitely build up that skill set by doing articles or projects or whatnot on your own, and then try to receive feedback from people around the industry about what you could do to improve that article or project or whatever it may be, what other statistical techniques or machine learning techniques or or programming skills would be necessary to improve your end product, whether it's an article, a visualization, an app, or a set of ratings or whatnot. I think there's a very active sports analytics community on Twitter. And people will certainly, I think most people are happy to give feedback on what you might have overlooked or what might add to the analysis. I also thought that LinkedIn and just emailing people around sports, whether with teams or leagues or just around the industry, was also really helpful in terms of learning from their experiences and getting feedback on how to improve based on the fact that they might have ran into similar issues in the past with a project that they've done, either in the public domain or with the team. So I think that there's no shortage of opportunities to receive feedback and learn and grow. What do you think is the most non-thought-about skill that is necessary for people in sports? I think maybe it's not quite not thought about at all, but potentially an underrated skill would be the ability to communicate with players and coaches and to speak their language in terms of the vocabulary of whatever sport you're analyzing. The more X's and O's and scheme knowledge you can have, the easier it will be to translate, I ran this model into, hey, like when you're throwing your curveball, it's a little flat in these scenarios. So I think learning the vocabulary and trying to speak the coaches and players language 
and really trying to understand their feedback in terms of maybe they say your model doesn't make sense, but maybe they really do have a point. Maybe you're overlooking a very key variable, or maybe the model works in certain instances or in certain schemes, but it doesn't work in others or works less well in others. I think being able to have the humility to interact and receive feedback and know that your models can always improve is really, really helpful. Well, thank you very much for taking the time out today to have a chat on Chilling with Charlie. I had a lot of fun, Nick, and I hope you did as well. Thank you.